Hi, I'm Joe Feeks, editor of Poultry Health Today, and with me is Michael Zarek. He is extension poultry engineer at University of Georgia, and also graduate research assistant, Connie Moe. Great to see you. Yeah, nice to see you, yeah. I guess you can't say enough about litter quality when it comes to broiler production. Um, it's definitely become an increased focus with animal welfare um, and paw quality, air quality, so our lab has really been focusing on what can we do within the broiler house to help growers maintain drier litter. And something we've recently seen is that if we can not only keep a moderate humidity level about 60% and increase the air movement across that litter about you know 150 feet per minute with circulation fans, we can not only get drier litter, uniform litter across the house, but also better paw quality, um, reduction in ammonia, so it's definitely been pretty promising so far. Let's, let's take a closer look at that because I, I know that when you get moist litter, it opens up the door for things like necrotic enteritis or even uh, it, it, the spread of coccidiosis and, and uh, other diseases. But was, was there a particular driver uh, for this study that, that prompted you to want to do this? When you're looking at all the pressures now, we're moving from a time in which everything's about production efficiency to more where we have to be interested in animal welfare and antibiotic-free production. So it really does change the paradigm of what was acceptable before is not going to be acceptable in the future. With fewer drugs to be able to give the birds, antibiotics and all that, we can't afford for them to get sick. So we have to come up with ways and just pure management of how to reduce the threat and um, reduce the likelihood the birds are gonna get sick. And I think everybody realizes, number one, dry litter. Dry litter has so many advantages and we're just keep on reminding ourselves when we do these studies of the dramatic effect we can have on paw quality. You know, ammonia levels can be almost cut in half. Um, birds just are, you know, just for lack of better words, actually just look happier when that litter's nice and dry and they, they spread out. So that was really the impetus of this, is what can we do or what can a grower do um, at a reasonable cost? You know, we could say, okay, just ventilate more. Well, that's not realistic. It's just gonna cost too much. So. And that's where Connie's work is like, okay, let's, let's compromise. A little bit of humidity control and some good air movement and rethink how we do things. And, and the return being not just healthier birds, but as you say, happier birds, uh, definitely an improvement in animal welfare. Yep. So tell me uh, about your study. What exactly did you do? How is it set up? And Yeah, um, so we did it on a commercial broiler farm because, you know, that's where you want, that's where you get your best data, your best observations, as well as the feedback from the grower. So we essentially had two houses. One house we had no circulation fans operating, and in the second house we had eight one-third horsepower, 24-inch fans that were installed and running continuously throughout the flock. And then, so we do weekly litter moisture measurements. We'd also do footpad scores at the same time because we wanted to see, is there a relationship between these better conditions and paw quality? And that's where we saw that, you know, definitely drier litter. We could almost have a 50% reduction in severe lesions. And we did, like, a, some kind of preliminary economics on it. And we were saying, like, we pretty much saved almost $3,000 in those three flocks because we did this over three consecutive flocks over the winter time because that's really when you see the bigger effects on wet litter and circulation fans. What are the takeaway messages then for producers? Because it sounds like there's a great return on this, but still there is a cash outlay to make this work. Um, what would be your recommendations, Mike, from a 
engineering standpoint? Right now, we know what works, at least for a 40 by 500 foot house. We know with our eight 24 inch fans running continuously that that works, we get the right velocity. The challenge right now, those fans are very expensive. You know, they're used to spending $80 a fan, and these fans are over $300. And we have some wiring involved in all that. So I think we're in the phase right now, we have proof of concept, you know, that control humidity and use air movement more than we're used to and maybe we're comfortable with. And we can drive the litter. The trick is now we get into more economics. Okay, for a 50 foot wide house, what do we do? Is this type of fan acceptable? And trying to get more into it. So I think the, the most important message is very few times we do a study where we do try something out and we see flock after flock after flock the same results. And this is in my 30 years, that's only happened once or twice. And to have something like this where it's just repeatable, not only on this farm, but we have a secondary farm that we're doing it, and we keep on seeing similar results. So we know what we're sort of shooting for in general. The trick is, okay, now how do we make it more cost effective? Um, trying to work with the manufacturers, trying to get the fan cost down a little bit. But in the end of the day, when it comes to antibiotic-free production, when it comes to these welfare guidelines, we're going to increase cost we are using a little bit more gas because we're ventilating more to keep the humidity down. We do have fans, we do have operating costs. But what we have found, I think, is when we look at the big picture, these costs are not that overwhelming to, to um, justify. But now it's just trying to come up with the system is probably the biggest challenge. Is there any downside to reducing the moisture level in the litter? I think there's been some concern that we could make it too dry, but from what I've seen in the U.S. at least, it's dry, but it's not going to stay dry for that long because of how much the birds are drinking and how quickly they're growing. I mean, if anything, I'd rather start too dry than start a little too wet. Um, and yeah. uh, the, the, the study that you conducted, was that done during the hot summer months? We've, we've concentrated pretty much in the, the three of the four seasons. We really haven't done this thing in summertime because one of the things that you know, Connie did see, when it came to the effect that we had, the warmer it got, the less of an effect we had. So you're thinking in the summertime, we really don't need additional air movement to keep the litter dry. Um, in the summertime, especially when birds are younger, we can keep the litter dry. Um, provided that people don't overuse their evaporative cooling, which is you know, a whole different area. So I think in summertime we can manage it just through proper pad management, things like that. But this is really going to be a spring, you know, winter, fall type of system to use. So what's the next move in this research? Uh, well, we've actually been exploring. So we've seen that we can keep the litter essentially dry throughout the house, but now it's all about what can we do to make the litter dry under the drinker line. So we've been exploring a couple options there and hopefully the end goal is to get a whole dry house. <laughs> well, thanks for taking time to tell us about your research and also sharing uh, your ideas for the industry. Greatly appreciated. We've been talking to Michael Zarek. He's extension poultry engineer at the University of Georgia and also graduate research assistant, Connie Moe. Thanks again for coming by. Oh, thank Our you. Pleasure.